Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 11 of Sitting Courtside. Like always, I am your host, Dante. It's your boy, Jerry D. And we are back talking some NBA. We are back giving a season preview because the NBA starts in one, one week from uh, before, this hey, recording. Before we go, though, I just uh-huh. want to give, you, give Dante a quick shout out. I know we talked about it a little bit beforehand, but I thought you weren't going to do it. But shout out to Dante for in 100K. On Stash Club, mm. man. That's some real That's some real good shit right Thank there, man. You. I was trying to Thank get that out, but we, we kind of spoiled it initially when we started talking about it. But I wanted to <laughs> cut you off in this intro so bad, and then you kind of like ruined the surprise. But not mm. to hit 100K on Stash Club, I, man. <laughs> Couldn't be any more proud of that guy. I hope we hit 100K on this thing one day. But Woo! Thank, thank you, Jerry. I appreciate <laughs> it. And anyone that watches Stash Club, I appreciate your support. Hey, we got one channel uh, out of the way for 100K. So next up, sitting courtside, always make sure to subscribe, follow, listen, all that good stuff. Thank you guys for the support as always. But uh, this isn't uh, we, there's, there's, there's no new wrestling topics to talk about today, Jerry. I, I know me and you kind of go back and forth. We send each other some videos of uh, some classic WWE videos of back in the day. Uh, but today, let's talk about some NBA GM surveys. So uh, each year before the season starts, NBA.com always puts out uh, this long list of questions and answers that were answered by NBA GMs. And I feel like since the season starts in a week, we might as well go over these and kind of give our thoughts, our opinions on what we think of the results. So we have a bunch of different ones like the team to win the NBA Finals, MVP, Breakout seasons, best positional players in the league, best moves, all that stuff. So we have a we have a good amount to talk about. Jerry, I say we just get into the the top one, the most important one. And the question is which team will win the 2024 NBA Finals? And I will have all this stuff included on the screen as well, so everyone can follow along as they are watching. If you are listening in audio versions, I apologize. You're just gonna have to follow along. You can go on NBA.com and look for it yourself if you are <laughs> listening to this. So, NBA GMs voted that Boston Celtics and Denver Nuggets both have a 33% chance to win the finals. Actually, I worded that wrong. So, the Celtics and Nuggets each got 33% of the vote to win the NBA Finals. The Milwaukee Bucks at third are at 23%. Phoenix Suns at seven. And the Clippers are at 3%. So, Celtics and Nuggets... Um, getting majority of the votes here. Jerry, do you believe that that's how it's going to play out? Celtics Nuggets, the Bucks. do you think the Bucks kind of should have gotten a few more votes? What are your thoughts there? Yeah, like definitely just looking at the breakdown of this thing is, I, I am kind of feeling like they did kind of shit on the Bucks a little bit. I do know that obviously getting Damian Lillard is a huge, huge piece. And I do know the Celtics obviously upgraded their roster because Drew Holiday is an upgrade for Marcus Smart. And adding Chris Porzingis and swapping him out for Robert Williams, like that's that's an amazing lineup, an amazing roster. I can't I can't even get mad at that. I just think there should have been like maybe a three way split between those three teams in particular, because Giannis could be the best player in the world at any given point in time, along with a guy like Jokic. So it kind of like balances itself out to some degree. Uh, outside that though, I think I think they're rounding out the rest of the top five. Clippers uh, being a uh, number five is honestly a little bit uh, a little surprising to me, to be exactly. honest. That's that I was going to kind of round myself out to you. You know, like we've had our conversations all summer long 
about how I am sick and tired of talking about the Clippers. What are you? Come on, but no, you love them. Love the roster. I do love the roster, even even if I am a Laker fan. But it's just hard for me to say these guys are title contenders year after year after they let me down three years running. Why should I think there's anything they, differently? They they let everyone down. Even if you're not a fan, they let you down because you have let such high expectations. We just want them to be good. Yeah. No, I'm, listen, if they're healthy, they're full roster. I mean, we've talked about this before. They can be one of the best teams in the NBA for sure. Oh, yeah. um, just a little surprising that they got that vote, uh, considering that they haven't been able to make it as far as people have thought over the last few years. Maybe it was a maybe it was the Clippers GM that voted for them. I don't know. I don't know how that works. If you can even vote, Steve Ballmer like, does have a lot of money. He can make a lot of things happen. He does. He, he paid for that three. He paid for that three percent for sure. Um, I'm actually going to be moving around a little bit. I'm not going to go down in the order that I sent you, Jerry, because it's kind of like segue into what we're talking about. So you mentioned, you know, the Celtics making moves this off season, the Bucks making moves this off season, both of them basically in an arms race right now in the Eastern Conference over who's going to have the best roster. Obviously, the season hasn't started yet, but those two are looking like the two best teams in the East at this moment. The next question is, which team made the best overall moves this offseason? And funny enough, the Celtics and Bucks are both tied at first with 23%. The Trailblazers, who traded away Damian Lillard and also Drew Holiday, 17%. And then the Lakers at 13%. So kind of just going off what you were saying, both teams made, you know, made moves to make their roster better, obviously sacrificing a little bit to get a lot. And then you round it up with, Blazers, who, you know, we've given our grades, our ratings to what we think of their return for the whole Damian Lillard saga and stuff like that, getting DeAndre Ayton, Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams. Uh, this is all including the, after the Drew Holiday trade as well. Yeah. Um, a few younger guys, a handful of picks, swaps, and all that stuff. So obviously the GMs think that they got a pretty good return on that. And in my opinion, the Lakers at 13%, I think they should have gotten a little bit more love here. I genuinely do believe that they had, I mean, you take out Boston, Milwaukee, they had probably the best offseason, just re-signing guys, bringing in, you know, a few other handful of guys to bolster their roster and stuff like that. And I think the Lakers, and even going back to the championship odds, who's going to win the championship, I think I would have preferred having the Lakers there over the Clippers. Yeah, just because the Lakers made the Western Conference Finals last year and they got better. So I don't know why... um, I don't know why they didn't get any love there, but I do believe that they should be uh, recognized a little bit more for their off-season moves. Yeah, like what I would say, like, you know, obviously I agree with you. Uh, Being a Maine State Lakers fan on this podcast, Mm -hmm. I really just feel like that low-key was one of the best off-season moves, like maybe even number one. I know that Milwaukee and Boston ended up getting star caliber players, which they got more bigger name players, but I think the Lakers rounded themselves off with like, not the sexiest names, but like, Good, guys, like complete guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, like year after year, we talk about both L.A. teams, Miami, New York, Brooklyn, any of those bigger market teams being teams that chase after superstar caliber players. This time the Lakers didn't do that. Like they learned from their mistakes. Like we went after Russell Westbrook two seasons ago. That was obviously not a fit. It didn't work. No, <laughs> did not, not at work at all. Even in seasons past, like think about Steve Nash being acquired by the Lakers like yeah. many seasons ago. That mm-hmm. was a bust. Dwight Howard did have a solid year for L.A., but that was also not a match made in heaven. Hey, he came oh. back and won you guys' championship. Come on. He did. Thankfully. <laughs> thankfully. But, <laughs> you know, I, I really appreciate – this is like a Denver Nugget kind of approach, right? 
They, they signed Bruce Brown like a season ago or two seasons ago, whatever. They end up winning a championship with really just a sufficient amount of role players around their two stars. So, so Lakers, that's all you need. If you put the right players around them, it could work. So. You have LeBron and Anthony Davis, two guys that could be top five to top ten players in the game and surround them with even more like, you know, pretty good, comparable talent. Gabe Vincent's a solid player, as we've seen in the finals. Uh, Cam Reddish still is a young player that still has some upside. Jackson Hayes is a good bench piece. And then you recently the guys that make He's another Wood. body. Uh, Austin Reeves, of course. Um, I like it. I like I do it. too. I like then, obviously, you're a Lakers fan. I'm a Celtics fan. I, I give the dog. We got a dog making an appearance. <laughs> but no, I agree. I think the Lakers did, they did a lot, not bringing in the sexiest names in the world, but they brought in complete guys to fill out their roster. They have a solid lineup from the starting point guard to the 10th, 11th man made the Western Conference Finals last year. So I don't think it, you know, it's out. It's crazy to say that they've gotten better from last year and that they could go back to the Western Conference Finals and even make it to the finals. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility there. Just uh, the Lakers, great offseason moves. I, I think it's something that uh, could bring them uh, further than the Western Conference Finals like they made last year. They definitely could be a finals team this year. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, like, Literally, you know, I endorse everything you'd say. I don't think there's any reason for me to, like, beat the dead horse here. Yep. I think the whole, the whole situation with them just seems like it's we're a couple pieces away from beating yep. Denver. We added some size. We added pretty good depth at the guard position. I feel confident for our chances to compete out West. As you should. Now, let's talk about some MVPs. So, who will win the 2023-2024? Leading the way at number one by a wide margin is Nikola Jokic, 43%. Then you have Giannis at 20%, Jason Tatum at 13%, and then Luka Doncic at 10%. I saw you shake your head a little bit there, Jerry. What's, uh, what's going through your head? Like, you know, I, I love Jokic, man. I, I, I hate when people make me take away from what legends do. And, like, mm -hmm. like the same, it was the same thing with Steph Curry throughout the 2010s. Oh, he's better than LeBron James. No. At no point was Steph actually better than LeBron, man, like, throughout that whole span. But I got to shit on him a little bit. I got to take away and educate people. And they think I hate him. Educate him, Jerry. Educate so, like, him. Take him to school. I mean, I don't have a choice. Like, Nikola Jokic, I think the offensive numbers speak for themselves, right? He averaged basically a triple-double this past season. I yeah. get it. He's the head of the snake. He's basically a point center. He is the, the engine that makes them go. And usually when we say that, we think about a point guard in that role, but Jokic is everything for the Nuggets. And mm -hmm. I, I couldn't That's appreciate deep. being able to watch him play more. But I don't like how we sleep on Giannis. I think there's this, this voter fatigue, right, that kind of kicked in for Giannis now where it's like, well, 30 and 12 is dope. But he's not, he's not, you know, he doesn't have, he's not averaging 10 assists. He's getting, like, the, um, he's getting the LeBron treatment. Because like, if me and you are being completely honest here, LeBron James could easily have seven or eight MVPs. Absolutely. MVPs. Like, absolutely. I, I know that sounds, that's a crazy number. It, it is. But, like, they don't like, you know, they don't want to give it to the same person every single yeah. year. And, like, Giannis, you know, two-time NBA MVP. Uh, Jokic, also two-time NBA MVP. And also, not even on this list, is Joel Embiid, who won the MVP last year. He didn't even get a single vote. That's um, kill, it's killing me right now to just right. to look at this list right now. And it's crazy. 
yeah, it's kind of crazy to me how Jokic is the one that got so much love on here, which he rightfully so. I mean, he is like one of the more complete, one of the most, if not the most complete player in the NBA and the offensive end. He can do virtually everything. Um, but Giannis, I mean, he's way the most, unst- yeah, he's a two-way star. He's the most unstoppable player in the NBA today. Um, you know, obviously won the defensive player of the year one year as well. Um, a much, much, much better defender and more versatile than Jokic. Uh, but it's not to shit on either of them. It's just no. like both of them deserve to be held in the same regard. That's 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 my point. You know, like mm-hmm. even I'm, I'm going to say all three, because at the at the end of the day, the MVP is a regular season award. And that's it why Embiid won it. Right. If it was like contingent on the playoffs, then it would have been Jokic by a landslide. Yeah, you know, definitely. but Joel Embiid gave you 33 points last year, 10 rebounds, and about a block or two a game. I don't understand why why we're just discounting like discounting that to the point where this guy doesn't even have a 10 percent chance to win the MVP. Right. Like amongst now, the a question I have for you is: Do you think Embiid should have won the MVP last year? Yeah, like I, yeah. I was actually, I think, I think really should have won it a couple years back. I think that would have been a better, a better. I think it was what twenty twenty one. Whenever Jokic won one of his, the first I wouldn't have minded Jokic yeah. getting this one, but the man led the league in scoring at the center position, which hasn't been done since like Shaq. Yeah. So like I, I could just appreciate the fact that they actually ended up giving Joel one that he might have missed out on a couple years ago. I but, think that's how. That's kind of how I look at it. I mean, it's between. I think those two have been the top, like the top three in voting. Or it's been like back and forth between both of them the last three years. Yeah. And I think I think Embiid should have won it a few years ago. I'm not saying he shouldn't have won it this year or didn't deserve it, but I do believe it was like, okay, Jokic got two of them. Embiid, like, if he doesn't win it this yeah, year, yeah. then he's probably never going to win it. So you got to give it to him. I just, the, before we move on, I just really want to ask, like, the viewers, how how much how much do we allow defense to weigh in the MVP conversation to? Mm. Not saying that it's like, this has to be something that you have. It's not a contingent upon it. No. I know when I have a two-way star, if, if Giannis goes out this year and averages 33, 12, six assists, two blocks and a steal, I kind of value That's that a like, little more than right. I do. How, how, do but it's, how, does a, how does a player that put up a sat line like that not win MVP? That's so crazy, like, looking back in years past on players that have won MVP. and like just saying, man. It's, yeah. No, it's crazy. And before we do move on, I do want to give a shout-out I'm just saying, I know I'm a Celtics guy. Jason Tatum is going to have a good year this year. If he stays healthy, if the Celtics, obviously everything goes according to plan, they're one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference and the NBA. I think this is Jason Tatum's, like, show him year. I think this yeah. is his, like, this is his superstar MVP caliber season. Like, I think he was top four, top five in voting last year for MVP. But I think this is the year where it all comes together. I expect a big jump. Not a big jump, but I expect a jump in assists. I think his defensive game is really going to take off. I think this is this is going to be a good year for him. And I think he will definitely be acknowledged and being held yeah. in that conversation. Will he win it? It's going to be hard. It's very hard to win MVP uh, nowadays because there's just so much this, talent. But it'll be a big year be- for him. This should be a big intangible year. Not even so, like, I think a lot of stuff that don't show up in the box score, like, when we say that, people kind of, like, you know, turn their heads a little bit, probably don't understand entirely, but making the right reads, making the smart plays, being a leader now, too, that Marcus Smart is gone, like, that stuff doesn't show up, like, for MVP voting, obviously, but the people that watch the game, like, I hope the voters do, 
will like take note that take some, step up. Some voters don't. Some voters don't, bro. Do you remember years ago? It was um, oh, what's it? Chris Bouchard. You know, you know Chris Bouchard. I love Chris Bouchard. So well, so he um, Avery Bradley when he was on the Celtics like missed out on being on the All Defensive Second Team, I believe, mm-hmm. by like a vote or two. Yep. And one of the guys that didn't vote for him was Chris Bouchard. And when he explained it on television, he goes, "Oh, how can I vote for someone who let set, who let um Devin Booker drop seventy points on his head?" Well, two things: one, Avery Bradley didn't play that game, nope. and two, Marcus Smart played that game, who I believe he did vote for to yep. be on an All Defensive Team. So that's that's that a moment of his of his career. Yeah, that's a tough one. I'm not saying I don't. It's not that like I don't like him or anything like that. But that's you. You have to imagine that there are people that vote that also one uh may not watch games and two have like a um a bias or something like that they go based off the storyline or something like that shouldn't be on the panel but if you're not watching games you do not need to have a vote in nba awards it, it makes no sense but unfortunately that's how it goes but okay moving on to the next one if you were starting a franchise today and could sign any player in the nba who would it be Number one, we have Nikola Jokic, 33%. Victor Wembanyama at 23%. Giannis at 13 Luka at 10 And our boy, Anthony Edwards, closing it out at 7%. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Jokic probably is the easy number one answer. I'm honestly kind of, like, surprised. I mean, I know Victor Wembanyama is a unicorn. He's this, he's that. I get it, but, like... Putting someone like him uh, ahead of a former two-time MVP defensive player of the year, like we said, Giannis, kind of kind of crazy. I mean, yeah, but you see, I feel like, is this current age right now? Or is like, like right now today, like Giannis is about right. 30 years old. I mean, old. Giannis is 28 years old. Victor is like 19 or something, whatever. It's like, okay, maybe I could see if that's the, if that's the. That's the logic. Yeah. Sure. I'll get it. Like, I'm, I'm still kind of. I'm cool with this list actually overall, mm-hmm. but I think Anthony Edwards is 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 dope to see. I'm kind of surprised Tatum isn't in this round. Like or, mm-hmm. the fact that Anthony Edwards actually leapfrogged him there. Like Tatum is still technically 19 years old. So, <laughs> he always will be. And the not seeing him in here is kind of like, oh wow, there's no Tatum. But I think the top five is nice. Personally, I probably would go Luca. Just because sure. I know there's there's not as much hardware there. Like. No MVPs, just a couple of all-star teams, a couple of all-NBA teams. But I think the overall play style of the offensive engine, the way this game runs, I'll probably take Luka if I had to choose one. I'm probably going to take Luka, though. That's fair. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm content with, I mean, Jokic being number one makes the most sense. I think you can put him on any team, anywhere, and he'll he'll still put up the same numbers, to be completely honest with you. Even though he hasn't picked up a basketball. Well, actually, he probably has now because training camp, but... And touch the basketball all summer. Uh, speaking on Anthony Edwards, continuing on about him. So the next question is, which player is most likely to have a breakout season in 2023-2024? And at number one, what 23% is Anthony Edwards. Number two, Kate Cunningham. Three, uh, Franz Wagner. But I think I, is it Wagner? Wagner. 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 Yeah, I always get that one wrong. Uh, and then uh, number tied for fourth is his teammate, Paulo. And Tyrese Maxey. So, I mean, Anthony Edwards, number one. I said it before. I think this is the season that he takes takes a superstar leap. Um, I can see him averaging 30, 30 plus this season. I, I think he is 
going to be the next big star in the NBA of this batch of young talent right now. Um, but I also I am happy to see Cade Cunningham because he was a former number one pick. He missed most of last year with an injury and stuff like that. And, you know, you're number one pick for a reason. Detroit yeah. has some stuff going on over there. They have some uh, a little bit of talent. They're making some noise. So it'll be nice to see him, you know, kind of see if he can be the not the missing piece of the puzzle. I think there's still a few pieces that are missing. But I think, you know, if he's healthy, they have a better idea of the direction they can go down in the future. Um, and I like Cade Cunningham. I like his game. So I hope that he has a, a great year this year. No, yeah, absolutely. I think Detroit, Detroit's whole situation, I think right now their main issue is just age and experience. Mm-hmm. Like they have pretty much their starter lineup set for the most part. I don't know whether Cade Cunningham is going to run the one or be the small forward in their lineups if they still want to start Killian. I don't really know what the deal and is. They have, Jade, they have Jay and Ivy at their, their two they guards. Got well. there as well. yep. 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 And they added a Sir Thompson, which – yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Other big playmakers. Jalen mm-hmm. Duren's a beast. Literally he's a man a, amongst boys. He is. He's he is a big boy. And then you have Marvin Bagley and James Wiseman fighting over minutes. And both like, those guys are former number two overall picks. Yeah. Like I, I really do like this list that's set up. I think Tyrese Maxey's an interesting one because kind of seems like James Harden. That's going to be based off of what happens, right? No, but I think the the pieces that I'm kind of mad aren't showing up in this thing. They got to show some love to my boy LaMelo Ball, man. Like, mm, okay. call me bias. If the Hornets want. love. I don't even care. Like, <laughs> like the kid averaged 23 and like 8-8 eight and eight this past season with only just 36 games. Comes down to health. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing. He's got the numbers. It, absolutely. I think that's, that's the one thing that's really killing me looking at this thing. No LaMelo Ball is kind of like, wow. I think seeing two Orlando Magic players is great, though, because Franz really is like that. Right. And I, oh, he is I'm nasty. glad that they have him up here. Like, he's 6'10", has handle. He could play the two through the four in this league. It's going to be great to see what Orlando does. Like, their whole roster just makes me happy. They have Being a nice core. Just they have a nice core. They absolutely do. Um, but, yeah, I think overall, like, you're right. There are a few guys that are maybe missing from this list. Tyrese Maxey's kind of like – that's dependent on what happens in Philly. I mean, as of this morning, James Harden didn't show up to Philly. He's in Houston. Could be at one of the strip clubs. Could have overslept. I don't know what's going on with him. Maybe, but maybe who knows? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but we'll, we shall see what happens. I, I'm, I have high hopes for Anthony Edwards, and obviously so do NBA GMs. Now let's move on to positional ones. And honestly, like a lot of these are just like – blowouts like these are just like not even close some of these uh so we got who is the best point guard in the nba steph number one at 63 percent luca who was also uh, not to give a spoiler but was also voted on for shooting guard and small forward is on this at 27 percent number two uh shea gilgis alexander uh three and damian lillard at four um i mean it makes sense why steph got you know, is number one. He's got all he's got all the votes and stuff. But I do feel like there are a few guys that I could have been mentioned that were left off this list. It's also confusing to me how a lot of these guys get voted multiple times. Like Steph is the number two ranked shooting guard. Um Shea Gilgis is, you know, also being ranked as a shooting guard. Luca's in all three, like I mentioned. Um I would like to see you know it being spread out a little bit more. I personally think, and maybe you'll agree with me. 
I think someone like Kyrie Irving, you know, should be mentioned in this list. Um, you know, obviously he's got some off the court stuff, you know, that has happened over the last he's year. Been quiet this season. But, uh, he's been quiet he's this been quiet this summer. Except he did say one thing. He was like, I wish I got drafted by Dallas and stuff like that. Because they, you know, they accept me. That's, that's stage one. That's stage one, Jerry. That's no, stage no, one. That Mavs fans, fans are like, oh, he's going to get his jersey retired. He's going oh. to retire with us in the next offseason. He's going to want out. But anyway, we're in this offseason where the season's coming up. On the court, Kyrie Irving is one of the best, most talented players to ever pick up a basketball. We have talked about this before. I don't have to beat a dead horse. Uh, Kyrie Irving, no matter what is going on with him off the floor, in the locker room, in the media, when he is playing, he is on the court. There are very few players, uh, point guard or not, that are better than him. I do think he is someone that should have gotten a little bit more love. But again, GM votes. They, they consider everything. Um, I think that's the reason why he's not on here. Yeah, I don't really know if they consider everything. <laughs> like, you know, at the end of the day, guys got to put the ball in the basket. They got to go out and perform. Mm-hmm. And Kyrie could do that. Hopefully, stays healthy this year to see yeah. all that stuff. So that's another thing. You have to be healthy. I'm definitely right there with you. I think, I think Steph is like, I would vote him the best point guard if I had a vote. But to see, yeah. I don't know, just seeing this big discrepancy between like names. Like you said, all of these are pretty much landslides as we go throughout, but like, damn, like 63% of Steph that's Curry. A that's a lot. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. Like, the next closest person only has 27. That's that's a major, major gap. And even from Luka to Shea. And Luka for a guy that's putting up 30, 10, and 10 borderline, too. You know what I mean? Like exactly. I just That's a you pretty know, big jump. Where my head is at with, with these point guard rankings, how I feel about Guys like Steph, Luca, and not Luca, Steph, Kyrie, and Dame are like all in the same bracket. They're all in the right. same realm. Like I think, and Dame even only got thirty three percent. He averaged thirty two a game last year, thirty two, thirty three, or whatever it was. These these GM lists, man. Like I, I get like maybe it's like a, a case. I don't know how the ballot looks. Right? Is it like a case of? Who's the best point guard in the league? And everybody just wrote down Steph, right? Like I don't. Yeah, it's like it's a check off boxes. Is it yeah. fill it in your side? Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure. But are they finding the averages of each answer? Like I, I don't know how all of this is like accumulated into just. Maybe you give like a your top five or a top three or something like I don't know. Maybe I don't know how it works. Um, but whatever, however they do it, they love Steph. That's for sure. And then going into the shooting guards. Which is uh, ironic. Uh, leading the way at number one, also sixty-three percent of votes is Devin Booker, and at number two is Steph Curry at shooting guard. Then you got Luca, so another repeat. Yeah. Anthony Edwards and Shea Gilgis Alexander, another repeat. Um, those three are tied for seven percent at the bottom. I don't like that, like why? why? Oh, I don't. I don't understand like why you consider guys both posi- like Steph isn't a shoot. Well. <laughs> He is a shooting guard, but he's a point. He's the point guard. You know what I mean? By, like, by trade, listen to the shooting guard. By trade, Steph Steph plays more like a two. That's the stigma that everyone. Sure, but right. he is the point guard on the. I think on it's the just because Chris Paul is there right now. I I guess I guess. Oh no! But I I don't know. It's it's just confusing, and I think again, it kind of takes away guys that like actually are listed at that position. So you kind of taking yeah. away like love that could be given to them. You know? So and like Luca, like why is like. What is Luca? Because now I'm going to get into small forwards, okay? Small forward, Jason Tatum, number one, at 47%. KD at 20%. Luca at three, with 17%. And then LeBron at 13%. Kawhi, 3%. I see the look on your face. 
I want, I, I, this is the one I want to get to the most because I feel like this is the one where there's more debate than any other position. Like, I think, I believe we, we played a game earlier in our podcast mm-hmm. episodes of start bench cut with LeBron, KD, and Tatum. Yes, and you cut Tatum because he's the I, young pup. Just because he's the young pup. It's like, yep. I think these percentages, like Tatum could be the best small forward in the league. That doesn't bother me. If you mm-hmm. say that, it's like, okay, I mean, shoot, he's 25, I, 26 years old. He just came sure. off the season where he averaged 30. He's been to an NBA Finals, several Eastern Conference Finals. Like, love Tatum, but it's just, I'm fine with him at one. Like, if you would have had him, like, at 30% at number one, cool. LeBron and KD should have been, like, on his ass, like, tied sure. for second place or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm surprised KD got a low amount uh, low amount of votes, uh, votes, excuse me, at 20%. And, again, Luka getting 17%. Like, what are we doing? Like, he, what are we – I don't know. I don't get that. I think that coming, in, coming in, his position was at small. He was, he was listed at small forward, correct. But he – I mean, I guess he plays multiple positions for the Mavericks, but like we should, there should be some criteria. There should be some, something that they do where it's like, you can only vote. If you're voting for one player, it can only be based off like one position. Like you can't repeat or something like that. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how this shit works. Like we said, but like, I don't, it, it, it is kind of weird. Also as strange as it sounds, even though it's year 21 for him, it is strange seeing LeBron James, like only yeah. at number four, you know what I mean? Like it definitely yeah, should be, he definitely should still be top three. I'm I'm also fine with Tatum being at number one. I just think like him being at his age, you know, what he did last year, what yeah. he could do this year. I do think that makes sense. KD obviously being one of three in uh, Phoenix now, even though I still believe he is the most skilled offensive player that the league may have ever seen. Um, and LeBron James is still lebron james i mean that doesn't change i'm just um I'm just not really feeling this like these landslides like maybe me neither or sure have, have a big gap i guess two guard even like personally i think a guy like maybe donovan mitchell or you know a bradley bill i know he missed time last year Phil, you know, guys the, made a, love. yeah mm-hmm. but like in a small forward this small forward gap with the next guy being 27 percent. i can't low. believe that it's that big of a gap it's yeah, that should have the forward position probably is the most competitive as far as like who people yeah. argue is the best. So the fact yeah. that it's that big of a difference is kind of shocking. No, I I'm agree. Not, with I'm, not, I'm not with it, man. Just like you said, seeing LeBron all the way down there and KD kind of being that second tier guy that's that far. Like, no, Tatum's not that far ahead of any of the guys that are listed beneath him. <laughs> there shouldn't be that yeah, big. No, of I agree. Hey, I'm, I'm with you. Now, where you want to talk about uh, big gaps here. Uh, who is the best power forward in the NBA? We got Giannis at number one with 97% and Kevin Durant with 3%. So those are Fair. the only two players that got votes. Fair. I, I think that's, that's cool. fine. We can move on. Who is the best center in the NBA? Number one, Nikola Jokic, 93%. I didn't include the rest because it was just a, a group of other guys that got like probably one vote each. But now we got beef. Like, now we got beef again. Like, me and these GM, I'm not saying I can take any out I can't. I can't believe Embiid didn't get like, like more than one vote. 60, That's insane. Can we get a 60-40 split or something? Even like, like even like 70-30, I think, would have been like, okay, at least he got something. Yeah. Like he got nothing. He got nothing. And where is Anthony Davis? He, he just won the MVP. Yeah, Anthony Davis didn't make didn't crack any of these. And that's so great. Not even at power forward or center. Like we're talking nothing. about two his nothing. two main positions. We didn't see his name pop up in either spotlight. 
I get that we're talking like a ranking and who's what, mm-hmm. but for him not to have a spot in either top five or not even list, not, not, it wasn't even worth listing. Yeah. <laughs> Giannis being 97% Crazy. of the vote, I can say Giannis is better than Anthony Davis. Cool. I'm cool with that. But can my man get like 10%? <laughs> Yeah. Like when when I don't see the pop up in this thing, I just I feel like if we're not if we're not seeing on the list, oh he's a scrub. He doesn't belong here. Like like it's we're not being hey, we're not being serious when we don't include these big names. I mean, listen, Anthony Davis, when he's healthy, borderline top five player in the NBA. I I don't think that's really much of a hot take. It's just crazy how how they don't even get mentioned. They get nothing. You mentioned health, right? Mm Mm-hmm. My boy Kawhi got a three percent vote. Out, so yeah, Kawhi did get uh did get some love for the best in all four years, and we're keeping we in the know. last two years. Yeah, we know when he's healthy, that boy is is a top five and top ten player as well. So how come we're not showing the same type of energy? It's the, Anthony Davis. It's the same thing. Games. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. I'm with you. I'm with, I, I don't I don't understand how this process works. These GMs uh, probably do have some bias. They have some personal uh, vendettas against some of these players. They all want to give them their vote. <laughs> Lay off or whatever the hell they're taking. All right, so I'll move on from positional. We got a few left here, and then we'll get into some games. Uh, which team will be the most improved uh, in the 2023-2024 season? Number one, we got the Oklahoma City Thunder, which coming off of a play in birth uh almost made the playoffs the houston rockets at number two and then tied for third we have the mavs pistons and magic so a lot of young teams and then the mavericks just thrown right in right in the middle there um yeah i mean i think the thunder they have so much going for them obviously they did not have their second overall pick last year who got hurt in the offseason um so they bring him in a year, uh, another year of, you know, just improvement from all their young guys. Like I said, they made the play-in tournament, so they're coming into the season with that confidence of, oh, like, yeah, we're probably the youngest team in the league on average, but, like, we can still, like, do stuff. You know what I mean? Like, we can still, like, make some noise, which I do believe they can. I think they have enough talent to do that. A good mix of guys. Uh, Both uh, Josh Giddy, Shea, Chet, like I mentioned, um, both of the... uh, um Jalen Williams uh I think yeah two of them they have the same name just spelt different um they have a lot of talent and they have a ton of picks so they can make a lot of they can make a lot of moves if they wanted to exactly that's what I was going to allude to like having getting that trade out the way with Houston with the Kevin Porter deal that just went on they now have 37 total picks until 2027 ridiculous that's I think the thing that needs to be highlighted the most, yeah, they can add young talent, you know, as the years progress, or they can just trade it. Trade? Now Are you days? kidding me? Oh what does it God. take to get a star player? You need multiple picks. Guys go for four first rounders or two firsts and two seconds. You got Bradley Beal going for multiple second round picks. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can, I believe, like, I literally they can do a lot. I just wrote about OKC and their, their abundance of picks. Like, I think OKC has 22, 22 second rounders and 15 first rounders. So they could just burn away those picks on a disgruntled star like like Joel Embiid that could become available if Harden leaves. I remember of- some people were saying they should go after um, Lillard when everything was going on. Bring Lillard to yeah. OKC. You know, you could really start. You could start something down there with all those picks. Teams could um, start over. <laughs> genuinely, like if they're looking to trade their star players, OKC is the first team you probably want to look at because of all their cap space. 
all their picks and stuff. So I, I love the future for the Thunder. I do agree that they are probably the team that could be most improved yeah. next year. Uh, the Rockets at number two, obviously love they it. brought in a new head coach, Ime Odoka, um, you know, yeah, bringing in some other guys. Yeah, my boy, Ime Odoka, uh, bringing in some newer guys. Um, Jabari Smith, you know, coming in for his second year, see how he does. Jalen Green, you know, how will he do with a new head coach? How will he, you know, kind of control? I know he's kind of like a uh, – he's a volume shooter, volume scorer and stuff like that. How will he adjust to being more of like a, you know, reserved guard? How will everything flow in that? I think coaching, coaching there is going to be, be huge for Jalen and Fred Van Vliet there as well. So Yeah, Fred Van Vliet, uh, Van Vliet Dylan Brooks, um, uh, their center, Sanguine, Sanguine, how are you pronouncing it? Sanguine, Sanguine, I was over, on now. over two on that. He's on my fantasy team this year. Um, Mini Jokic, you know, he can do a little bit of everything. So that'll be, a, that'll be a fun team to watch. I have league pass this year, so that I'll definitely be tuning in for a few games there. And then the Mavericks, they missed the playoffs last year with Luka and Kyrie. Um, so, you know, people are expecting them to to make it back to the playoffs this year, which they should. Yeah. That's that's the interesting one, right? Them being third on this list is still, like, kind of odd. There wasn't a lot of roster moves that they made through free agency sure. or the draft. They did add Derek Lively through the draft mm-hmm. to fill up some center needs for him. But they do have the two best players, like, on this whole list of teams, right? With Luka and Kyrie, so I think that's definitely one of those those gigs where they go as far as those guys take them, because they're going to be all over their backs, pretty much carrying some carrying them to wherever the hell they can go. Nowadays, in the words of KD, right, offense wins championships. They have two of the most supremely talented offensive players in the league today, maybe if not of all time. So it should be yeah. interesting uh, going down the rest of the list too with Detroit and Orlando. Makes sense why they're tied. I think we we touched on them earlier with Franz and Cade and the rest of the the cores that they have around them and how young they are. But again, got to give my Charlotte Hornets some love here, man. I, I think everybody's kind of like putting them down and not worried about them. But Melo Ball, Terry Rozier, Miles Bridges when he comes back after this ten game suspension, PJ, Mark Williams, pretty good starting lineup. And then Brandon Miller and Gordon Hayward Brandon are Miller. there too. Yeah, like this Charlotte team. Did he get? Is that what he got? Ten game suspension. Miles Bridges. Yep. Oh, so we're gonna miss him the first ten games, but I don't. I think he is gonna still be the best two way player when he becomes healthy again and available. Like after the suspension is served, I do like the Hornets' chances of actually making the postseason this year. No bullshit. I think if everybody stays healthy, and if you look in years past, Gordon Hayward was a was a straw that broke our back every year because he had it. He was a straw that broke a few backs, Jerry. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He broke a few backs. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Right. Okay. But yeah, he broke like, a few things, not just his back. He broke <laughs> he broke some other body parts. Literally, the man had Charlotte as a four to five seed every single year. Then he got hurt, and the Hornets tumbled out the race. So this year, there's depth around that position. I feel pretty good about Charlotte being a five to six seed, like oh. at best. I feel good mm-hmm. about them. I really do. Well, we'll see how it plays out. Like I said to you before, you covering the Hornets. I hope I hope that they have a great season. So you have some fun down there. You're able to cover a really good team. I've been on the job for five years and I have yet to cover a postseason. <laughs> God, please, God, help me out. <laughs> just please. one, just one year, just one year, please. I want to see the Throw t-shirt. me a bone. Throw Jerry a bone. Everybody has the t-shirts laid out on the chairs and stuff when they walk in. I want to see that. <laughs> like, help me out. <laughs> yeah. Jerry's been grinding. Reward the kid. Reward the kid. All right. 
So we're going to move. We have three more here. This one might be, be, this might be easy. Who will win the 2023-2024 Rookie of the Year? At number one, and honestly, I'm kind of surprised he only is at 50%, Victor Wembanyama. Number two, Scoot Henderson. And number three, Chet. Obviously, he was the pick last year, but missed the full season. So, you know, now this is his rookie season. I mean, Victor being number one makes sense. You get it. Um, Surprise, he isn't a little higher just because of bias and just like how people are treating him and stuff like that. Um, But obviously, Scoot and Chet are two guys that, you know, especially Scoot, who is going to like, the Damian Lillard era is is over in Portland. Scoot's mm-hmm. going to step in. Uh, obviously, you have guys, other guys in there that will be able to score. Uh, Anthony, Jeremy Grant, uh, DeAndre Ayton is there. So it's not like Scoot's going to be the clear number one or anything like that. He's going to get a lot of touches. He's going to get a lot of um, – he's going to be very involved on that team. And then Chet, you know, uh, he is a unicorn in his own right. I think that Oklahoma City Thunder team, like we mentioned, you know, is looking to be the most improved team in the league. Uh, these awards, like Rookie of the Year, you don't account team success not as much as like an M- like an MVP award or anything like that. Or maybe a defensive play of the year. Definitely. But but Chet, you know, if he really, you know, is a key piece at, to the Thunder being a really good team in the West, like that might be something that you have to consider. Yeah. Um, that could get him a few extra votes when it all comes down to it. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's anyone else really that can take, take away the rookie of the year from Victor besides these two, in my opinion, unless Brandon Miller comes in and starts, uh, averaging 20, 25 a game, but it kind of, that's, that's all based off of the health of the team. I'd like right. Brandon Miller, according to every single veteran that I've been around in the Charlotte with the Charlotte, not even just vets, like Gordon Hayward's the oldest player on the team at like 33. The rest of mm-hmm. the players are like underneath 26 years old, like other than mm-hmm. Perry Rozier maybe, but everybody's just giving very, very glowing responses about Brandon Miller's game. I think the only way that he wins it is if he comes off as a six-man and he comes out guns a-blazing every time because unless, unless – Yeah, he he's not going to start. He's not going to start right away, no. No, I don't, I don't know if he ever does. Like, it's very possible, but he has to play damn near flawless because of who's in front of him potentially. Right. Right. Once Miles comes back, I think that is the starting three for Charlotte. But uh, sure. yeah, now nah, the three names that are on, that are on this list, like even with Wemby being at fifty percent, I think that's kind of it's kind of what I expect. Mm-hmm. Despite the hype and all that stuff, like I think most GMs are probably skeptical to to see how Greg Popovich decides to use him because we've seen how he sure. used rookies in the past. Think back to David Robinson and Tim Duncan, if you will, but even like guys more recently, like Devin Vassell or or Keldon Johnson and these guys. He kind of reigns him in a little bit. Obviously, Wimby falls into a different bracket because this is, you know, next big name. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. So, like, it's it's exciting to see. But, yeah, definitely, I think Chet Holmgren is who I'll still pencil in on. You know, like, I'm not... I'd pick number two. I think I'd put Chet ahead of Scoop, to be honest with same, you. Same, same. I'm not really, like, a big, like, analytical nerd, but I think of, like, defensive win shares... And like you know, different right. types of impacts plus minus. I, I think, think I, I think Chet's going to impact the Thunder a lot more than Scoot in the first year. I yeah, because like I think you you already said it right. Like he was the number two pick picking a draft the, in years past. I think automatically we're looking at him like he's a number three kind of guy on the squad behind Giddy and SGA. Mm-hmm. And like I think he fits their games perfectly. Both both of those guys are perimeter guys, perimeter scorers, and Josh Giddy's the playmaker. 
Then you got Chet, who's this, I can rebound, I can block shots, I can hit an open three. Like, he's a perfect player to put alongside a young backcourt of Shea and and uh, Josh Giddy there. So I'll be an exciting team to watch, too. That'll yep. be a very fun team to watch. Um, okay, two more. Who is the best defensive player in the NBA? Number one, Giannis at 40%. Number two, the newest member of the boss, Celtics, Drew Holiday. <laughs> and then tie, tied for three, we have Jamon Green and Marcus Smart. And then tied for fourth, we have Jaron Jackson Jr., Defensive Player of the Year, and Kawhi Leonard. Um, I mean, yeah, I think Giannis is undoubtedly the best defensive player in the NBA, just covering one to five. I think I don't think there really isn't anything. Uh, there's there's nothing that he can't do on the defensive end. Um, Drew Holiday, one of the best, if not the best, perimeter defender. Um, Draymond as Draymond, uh, Marcus Smart is, you know, he's a guard, but he's definitely a guy that you can throw on anyone on the floor. He has no issue locking up with anyone on the opposing end. Uh, Jared Jackson, defensive player of the year, of course. And then Kawhi Leonard, when he's healthy, we know hey. what he can do. We know what he can do. I don't think there's much really for me to chip in here. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to Kawhi for making it again, but also Draymond, like, Everybody that kind of shits on him every single summer, every single year, every single game, triple single, all this, all that. This is where his value is like, this is where he's the most valuable at on this end of the floor. For sure. Mm -hmm. Being able to guard one through five, despite not being the most athletic guy. He's definitely probably one of the smartest players that this game has ever seen. So For just sure. want to give him a shout out. Giannis, yeah, definitely cool with him having it by a landslide. The only landslide that I'm cool with, I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now we have one more. And another landslide, ending it on a landslide. I feel like that's been a big trend here. Who is the best head coach in the NBA? Number one, Eric Spolstra, 73%. Number two, Tyron Lue, only 10%. Then top for three, Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich. And at number five, Michael Malone at 3%. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, Eric Spolstra, I do believe, is up there. I do think he is one yeah. of the best, if not the best head coach, but this landslide though that's i don't think it should have been by as much as as it is here i i i really think tyron lou i mean greg popovich i get it he doesn't Longevity. The records don't show it but like let's be honest greg popovich is like is always going to be up there as one of the best coaches and mike malone just coming off an nba championship but you know let me say though because you know not to switch gears here too much but when you look at the football side of things how Bill Belichick is like one in five, and everybody's like low oh, key fuck ready. Bill to Belichick, fuck the, Bill Belichick, bro. You see, you see what I mean, though? I'm sick of him. This is a guy that has one more championship in his sport than Greg Popovich, but we yeah. kind of are ready to burn Pop, not Pop, uh, Bill to the stake right now, right? But mm -hmm. Pop is just such a lovable guy. Oh, there's 82 <laughs> games. What if I won 20 of them? Like you know, it's like, it's like, like I get. Obviously, based off of longevity, based off of mm -hmm. what they already did and accomplished, that's why Pop is in here, and that's why Bill Belichick right. was like, you know, still at the upper echelon. But, dude, this year I need to see something else. Like, no, I'm with you. I agree. I, agree. I rate you to the criteria of what you've done. What have you done for me lately? Right? Mm -hmm. sure. I can't. Yeah. I can't tell you the last time the Spurs were in the playoffs. I think it's, it's Mark Aldridge. Uh, I was going to say Demar Derozan. Lamarcus Aldridge days. Yeah, like I'm I'm not like again, Pop could be here just because I think that's more of like an honorary. It's like, a respect. I think it's a it's a respect yeah. thing for sure. Yeah. 
Like, I mean, let's look. I mean, where is the? Uh, I don't know his name, but where is the head coach for the Oklahoma City Thunder? I feel like he's so. Mark Dagenhall, Coach Dagenhall, Mon- Monty Williams. I feel like he's always someone that you know. He's a respectable coach. I know he's kind of been bouncing. I think he's in Detroit now. Um, yep. I think he was in Phoenix last year, right? Yeah, he was in Phoenix. Um, you know, there's a few other guys that aren't mentioned here, and you know, when you have one guy taking up all the votes, <laughs> you're not gonna get. You're not going to uh, get much love. Uh, yeah. All these other guys. So, like, Eric Spolstra, it's not that I have an issue with him being number one. It's just the fact that yeah. it's by so much. Like, I don't know if he's, like, he's a great coach, but I don't know if it's... I would know, give him much I would give him the number one nod, just like you. I think it's it's a matter of that he drug, he drug dirt, essentially, to the finals, right? I know you got Jimmy and Bam, but... And then the rest of the, the crop mm-hmm. is undrafted players. Of course, you have Tyler Hero, who was a first-round pick, but undrafted players second round pick he wasn't even he really he wasn't, wasn't even like healthy in the playoffs i give i give both really god at number one but again like just like how we had the discussions about the positions right like is there really that big of a gap are you that much better of a coach than tyron Lou or an nba champion by the way steve kerr a four-time nba champ as a coach greg popovich mm-hmm. you know and who's the last name on this list i, I got rid of it michael yeah. malone who just is fresh off who you lost to just one, just one a champ. Nice. Just one a champion. I, I would take, I would just take Spo over, over like a Michael Malone and a and a Greg Popovich right now. But Ty Lue's and Steve Kerr, I think those three guys should have been a lot closer in the rankings. And show some love to Darvin Ham, who turned the season around, right, and happened to get his guys back. Mm, yeah, and to, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, all these other guys need to get love. Um, it, it yeah these these surveys are are all over the place they're confusing i'd love to actually find out how they go about this but hey we're not gms but we can we can always give our our takes hey, and that's what that's what we just okay so i am a a minute. <laughs> yeah damn right damn right <laughs> got my face scan in there dante toro is 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 gming it up in there all right so that's us you know, discussing all the GM survey stuff 50 minutes in. Jerry, let's get yeah, let's do it, man. I got three. The long summer wait is over as basketball is finally back in our lives. Sorry, you have to go back to work, Joker. Days are getting shorter, but nights are going to get a lot brighter thanks to the sponsor of this video, DraftKings Sportsbook, who has a special offer to celebrate the return of hoops. By just throwing down $5 on any basketball game, new customers will instantly get $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Basketball is more fun when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code SITTING. New customers will get $200 in bonus bets instantly for just betting $5. Only on DraftKings with the code SITTING. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE NY or text HOPE NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in ONT. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball turns for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Now back to the video.
All right, you were excited. You were texting me yesterday that you have some some good ones yeah. for me. So I want you to start because I'm 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 also excited. Yeah, like you know, like I've been. I think I've tackled a lot of a lot of big statty games with you as of late in these episodes. I, I kind of want to shy away from that now mm-hmm. that we're getting closer to the season. Let's let's get deeper into just like okay. our opinions, our takes, and stuff like that. So the first game I have for you is kind of like a what if scenario. Meaning, if this happens, what would it take for it to happen? You following? Okay. So, the first scenario, Anthony Edwards will win an MVP if... If the Minnesota Timberwolves are a top two seed in the Western Conference. I'm not even going to say, like, four or anything like that. Like, they have to be, like, top of the Western Conference. And he needs to have just an outbreak. Just like, like I said, I think he's going to average 30 points per game this year. I think, you know, not only do you need to see an increase in points, but also just all around, you know getting, you know, six, seven rebounds, maybe, maybe upping it to five, six assists a game, you know, showing that you not only can you score, but you can, you know, allow your teammates to score and get your teammates open looks and stuff. I love Anthony Edwards. And I do believe that he is very capable of winning an MVP in his, uh, at some point in his career, but he needs to have a legit, like, like legitimate, like superstar jump for that to happen in the, and then also the Timberwolves to be a, a top two seed in the Western Conference. So we West need to Conference. see a full floor game from Ant, and obviously everything else in the team just elevates. I like it now. You know, I made I made sure I threw in yeah. Anthony Edwards just for you. I know that's your boy. Of course, I know, and I respect that. You know, it's that I said earlier. It's there's a lot of talent in the NBA. It's very hard to win an MVP when you have so many guys putting up crazy numbers. So a lot of good things need to happen, of course, for him to do. Now let's go more team based for this next one. The Denver Nuggets will repeat as NBA champions if they follow the same model as last season. I mean, obviously they lost a few guys. Um, but you know, they still have their core group of players. They have other guys that'll probably step up. Uh, Christian Braun, I believe his name is. Um, he's a guy that's going to look to have a more elevated role this year. Um, you know, Nikola Jokic is still leading the charge there. I think as long as he is still doing his thing, they're always going to be in that, that contending for a championship, um, you know, in that tier and Jamal Murray, I mean, he had that bad injury a few years ago, and look at look what he did this past off se- uh, this past off season, this past postseason. Um, he was one of the best players on the floor, just lighting it up in the NBA Finals and the playoffs. I mean, I don't really think much needs to change for them to go back to being, you know, to win a back uh, to win another championship back to back. Obviously, there's a lot more talent. The you know the Western Conference is stacked and stuff like that, but the Nuggets are still the team to beat in the West. So as long as they kind of do the same thing they were doing last year. You have some, you know, role players step up and stuff, and you get, you know, what you do out of your star players. I don't see why they don't they, they can't repeat. You know, staying in the West here for this last one as well, the Dallas Mavericks could make mm-hmm. it to the NBA Finals if... If Luka and Kyrie each play <laughs> eight two games. <laughs> they, so I going. mean, they need to stay on the floor, man, and they're... They're not going. No, I mean, it's tough. I mean, you just, you need your star players to always be there. And we talked about the Mavs. Like, they made some moves this offseason, but not enough for it's like, okay, like, Luka and Kyrie can miss some time, and we have all these other guys that can step up. It's not really like that. Like, if you really want to make a run, you want to go far, you need both your star players to be there. And they're, I think both of them are good enough where if they play most, if, you know, all the season, if not most of it, 
they should be, you know, one of the better teams in the Western Conference. They're two of the best offensive players the game has ever seen. They're good enough to, like, bring a team that far, but it comes down to health and just, you know, obviously off-the-floor stuff gets involved as well, but both of those guys need to be available. Luca has, you know, has had numerous amounts of injuries. I think right now he has a calf strain, so, you know, he's been sitting out some preseason games or barely playing. Kyrie has all different things going on with he who knows what the storyline is going to be with him this season, but like both of them need to play. They, they just need to play. That's the only way I see it happening. Um, yeah. yeah I, hey, I thought, I thought your answers were pretty good. That's all I got for that first game. I just, I really just want to get takes here and get opinions and you, you gave some pretty damn good ones. So kudos to you. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because I have three games for you and one of them is also an opinionated game as well. You know, so a little bit different, but we talked about this earlier with one of the GM surveys, but I want you, Jerry, I want you to give me your top five MVP candidates going into this year. Who do you think is going to finish the season as the top five? You don't have to give like an order or anything if you don't want to, but who are going to be the top five players that finish in MVP? Yeah, wow. Uh, I think for the first three, you already know kind of know where I'm going with this. I'm going to go Giannis. Jokic and Embiid, I think Mm -hmm. the top three will look exactly the same as it did in years past. I think those are just the easy three shoe-ins, right? Um, And I think we didn't even mention this. I think Embiid, uh, you know, we have to also factor in the whole James Harden situation with Embiid. If Harden isn't there, Embiid could put up like 35, 36 points a game. Like that scoring, like 33 points as a center is crazy, but that could go up. Yeah. When, if Harden is there, and he, he needs to I take definitely, I definitely think offense. no matter what happens, with or without Harden, the offense will run through Joel Embiid, and like it's his numbers 100%. couldn't change. Like if, like you said, it should go up scoring wise. If anything, yeah. If anything, uh, it's going to go up. As mm-hmm. for the four and five spots, I think that's where things get a little trickier. We've seen we've seen SGA make a crazy leap this past season, right, with averaging thirty five and five or whatever it was yeah. after stealing a block a game, which, you know, it's huge for me to see two way, two way things. Uh, Crazy. But I yep. think I'm, uh, dang, see, availability is what you mentioned in the game that we played just a minute ago. I want to say Luca, because I think that's always the, the beginning of the season, like treat, right? Right. Because we also have yep. the 65 game rule now. We have to play 65 games. To exactly. Be and for Luca has not. Yep been the most durable person, as you alluded to, in his career. So I can't really even put him up there. I think I got to go with the more the more durable guys, the consistent guys. So I'm going to put Jason Tatum back in there because I think year after year he plays around 70-plus games. I think that's someone I can rely on to be there, especially for as a star player. Uh, and at five? Yep. So b- before you get into it, I just looked up Luca's numbers and games played. This is actually crazy. So his rookie year, he played 72 games. Then the last four years, you have 61, 66, 65, 66. He floats. He literally floats right around that 65 game. That is pretty crazy. That's that's crazy. Um, So, yeah, he's he's always going to be right on the cusp of winning winning awards. With that being said, though, like I still don't know if the team's going to be good enough to actually win something. Right. Yeah, and I think in history, like, I think maybe one of the only exceptions of someone winning the award outside of the top four seed yep. in their conference was yep. Russell Westbrook when he had a triple-double. Every single year, it's always a guy that's on a successful team, a top four seed uh, team exactly. in, their, in their conference. You know, I think, I think for this last spot, though, 
I'm going to kind of think outside the box here. I think my mind wants to say shape. Hell, my heart wants to say shape. Man, I love watching that kid play. But uh, mm. I'm going to give some, sh- I'm gonna give some mm-hmm. love to the old man, man. I'm going to give some love to Steph Curry. I think I think we're all kind of okay. like, I like getting it. about the Warriors mm-hmm. a little bit. They they didn't add a, a center, which I really felt like they needed. I wish they would have signed Dwight. I don't know why they passed on him. But uh, mm-hmm. I think Steph, like definitely the Warriors dynasty, even though looting, losing Jordan Poole, who should have been one of those guys for a breakout season in that GM survey, by the way. For, I, like, oh, my God, dude. He's going to He's gonna but I think losing a guy like that puts yeah. even mm-hmm. more pressure on who's already on the roster. So like like Steph, like Clay, like Draymond, obviously they've been doing it for ten plus years now. But they also have a couple of new pieces. Like I like the Pods. Of, I don't know his first name, but I know his nickname is Pods. One of their rookies out there, like kind of white kid, redhead, has a cool game. I kind yeah, of like what I, I know. Think. Yeah, and then yeah, I know of course Wiggins, yeah. Von Looney. Like they still have the same group. But that same group made it to the postseason when a lot of people kind of penciled them out. Then you add Chris Paul. So kind of want to see what CP does. Honestly, Chris Paul could do wonders. Think about what he did for James Harden. You know, taking more control. Chris Paul elevated the hell out of James Harden's game. Why can't he elevate Steph Curry's? Who plays better off the ball than what James Harden did. So I think he is the best ball player ever. Maybe sure. maybe there's a debate sure. with Ray and Reggie, but that's yeah, no, I like Steph Curry. I think that's my five: Giannis, Jokic, Embiid, Tatum, Curry. I think that's good. that's going to be our 2023-2024 season top five MVP candidates. I love it. There you go. I think like you know, my heart wants to be like Anthony Davis. I think has a shot, but durability—it's huge, man. <laughs> durability, it is. It's, you have to really count that into when you make these rankings and stuff like All that. All right. Game number right, two, man. You we got haven't done it in a little while, but I'm going to play a little game of blind ranks. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we, we got to straight away from it, so I just need okay. you to blind rank these five players. Let's kick it off with Carl Anthony Towns. Are these all, all different? Maybe I should have maybe different. I should win with a theme, but yeah, it's all, all different. All different. No, it's all right. It's all right. Carl Anthony Towns. Um, he's very talented. He can do a lot. <laughs> he's a very talented player. I do believe he is one of the better, uh, one of the better big men in the NBA, just of his versatility and able to do a lot. He's a guy that I feel like I should put right in the middle. I feel like there's a few guys that are below him, but then there are definitely guys that are better than him. I got you. you know what I mean. So, I'm gonna put Cat at. I'm gonna I like the logic. You know, three is always like the safe. Mm-hmm. Oh, he is good. He's talented, but he's not the best. So, I got you. Right, exactly. But I might regret that. We'll see who might be on a good now. trail right now. At least next up, we have Lamelo Ball, my boy. I do love me some Lamelo Ball. Great all around player. Like he just needs to stay healthy. Needs to stay on the floor. Um. But because of how young he is, I think I'm going to put Melo at I think that's fair. I mean, you did say. I'm going to put Melo at four. I do think, like, I mean, he's he's uber talented. I think he's a guy that can give you a triple-double every night. Like, that's his type of game. You know what I mean? Um, But he has to – he needs to have a good full season in the NBA without getting hurt and, like, you know, just being able to – to do it in an 82 game, of course. you know, stable size. 
Oh, close to eight. Yeah. No, he hasn't played halfway every year. You know what I mean. I got it. The, I mean, hey, most of the season. You mentioned the youth, which I think is a huge part. This has to be a huge year for him. Um, I think last year he did average mm-hmm. around four turnovers a game. <laughs> so that's part of the, you know, the, the mm-hmm. age gifted passer, but needs to be a little more, you know. Yeah. It yeah, needs to clean it up a little. Next name I have for you, which I feel like I know where you were rank him at, is Zach Levine. See, I don't want to put I, – I, if I put him at five, then I have to, like, bank on these last two guys being being really fucking good. But like, if I put him at two, I mean, is he better than Cat? These are the questions you got to ask yourself. Is he better than Cat and LaMelo Ball if you put him at two? I don't think so. I do like me some Zach Levine. I do think he he is holding on to um, a dunk a dunk contest trophy Absolutely. that shouldn't be in his possession. I, I'm patient for another day. We'll be your all day. Extra. <laughs> yeah, I I do think he has an extra trophy on his mantle. He definitely doesn't have. I'm gonna put Zach. Very very on. safe. I like the way you're playing this. Yeah, I yeah I could have put him at two. I, I, I'm nervous though because I I only have one and two now. So what these guys steal you up down by? Yeah, yes. I probably would. Yes, you absolutely. Would. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you would, and you might, and you, and you right, probably man, are look. now. Who, who do you got next? <laughs> One of the last names I got for you here. Fuck, Anthony Davis. Ooh, ooh. Now do you have? Okay, well that's fine. I can, that's fine. Are you going to give me someone that's better or worse than Anthony Davis? That's what I have to think about now. I think I'm going to be safe. I'm going to put Anthony Davis at one. I like your list. I think you did a very good job with this. Because the last name I have for you is Devin Booker. Okay. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I mean, I think Davis yeah. and Booker can be intertwined. I think you can kind of debate who there. But I'm I'm fine with that. I'm absolutely fine with that, for sure. Okay. So, Davis, Anthony Davis, Devin Booker, Carl Anthony Towns, LaMelo, and that's a, Zach Levine. That's a talented plot. I told not you I wouldn't steal you wrong, man. Not today. <laughs> you did not not today. Not today. Yeah, not today. You did you did you did pretty solid. Eh? That was a that was a good bunch of players. Very random Different players, but I like it. I have Let's two go. more games for you. All right. We haven't done this one in a while, but people like this one. This one did very well on like YouTube and Instagram and stuff like that. So we're gonna do part two. Who has this player? teamed with the most so i'm going to give you an nba player <laughs> yeah you love this one i'm going to give you an nba player i'm going to give you four nba players actually and i want you to tell me who you think they have teamed with the most throughout their career a lot of things to consider for these games but i think i think you'll do well i think you'll do well there was right? the first player the first player that i have for you is Giannis? oh my gosh like it's, you just want to say the first name that comes to mind right it's like oh it's like, it's like playing around the world with multiplication tables right. when you're a kid. Uh, <laughs> shit. I don't even want to say that name first. But it has to be. But I feel like he started part of his career in Detroit and then came over to Milwaukee. You know what? Let's not... Chris Middleton, man. He did. Chris Middleton. Right. That is correct. I'm happy you didn't second-guess yourself because Chris Middleton's number one was 671 games, 671 games. And number two... We're at 335 games is John. Henson. What's crazy. John I was Henson? thinking John Henson because I felt like they came in the league together. Really? And I was like, John Henson's probably the guy right. in my head. But okay, cool. Awesome. Yep. There you go. One for one so far. The next player I have for you is Paul George. Oh, on a few teams. He's been on a few teams, some some longer than others. He was on some. Indiana, he was obviously, where 
he played the most years, I'm pretty sure. I feel like there's like a seven-year span or something mm-hmm. like that. So it has to be For somebody. Sure. Missed a year. Did miss a year with that. With that I'm injury. walking down. I still think he is. I'm walking more. down the streets of Indianapolis right now. And I'm asking myself, <laughs> who's by his side? I got, I got like, I got like, I, I got like a George Hill, uh, a Lance Stevenson, a Roy Hibbert. Like, you know, we walk in, we walking in the same circle. We're hitting the Dylan Brooks thing right now, just trying to figure it out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Back when Indiana was, yeah, was, that, I, I dubbed him the nickname Indiana George. Like, you know, like Indiana Jones, team. Indiana George, man, he, mm, he's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Shit. <laughs> And this this one's a lot tougher. I don't have like a clear cut one. Danny Granger is definitely not even on this list because he was unhealthy too part of part of his career when he got there. So I'm, I can X him. Mm-hmm. I think I got to go with that three that I mentioned at first. So it's got to be one of those names. Lance Stevenson didn't even start right away. Monte Ellis is a name that's floating around in my head for some reason too, but I don't think it's him. Yeah, man. Well, always had the green light in his head. Uh, <laughs> this is a tough one, man. Yes, I, I think he kind of stumped me. I, I'm gonna go with uh. I'm gonna go Roy Hibbert though. I'm gonna go Roy Hibbert. I don't know. That's wrong. Oh, you're correct. <laughs> it is. Roy Hibbert is at 343 games. Number two is George Hill at 335. Which also, funny enough, I literally just I thought of random players to do for this. George Hill and John Henson both at number two at 335 for their respective. Their respective players. So I thought that was funny. But no, you're right. Yeah, I don't know where Lance Stevenson would have been on there, but I would have imagined, yeah. you know, that Indiana group is. is David West would have been another you know one, I mean? too. David I'm West. Glad I didn't think about him. Too. Too. Yep, Just absolutely. Kept it simple. Okay, so we're going to throw it back a little bit. Uh oh. This is not an active player. Oh, wow. Carmelo Anthony. Wow. Definitely been. I made a few stops. Yeah, but, you know. There's only yeah. really. Two teams. We're, we're not. We're not worried about like, a, like an OKC or an LA or a Houston or nothing like that. Uh, Houston. Oh my god. That's like a hey, don't forget he was a hawk for a day. Houston. <laughs> he was. All right. He was. All right. All right. Let me. Yes, he was. Right. Atlanta legends. Let's see. I only really need to worry about Denver and New York. Clearly, mm-hmm. I think it kind of comes down to durability here. I can't think of who was on those Denver squads like that. I have like a Kenyon Martin, a J.R. Smith in my head. I have a Chauncey Billups later, AI later, but I don't think those two guys played enough games. When you jump to New York, Amari Stoudemire was never really healthy like that. J.R. Smith again, which makes him a favorite yeah. for me right now. Uh, Iman Shumpert. Who else is on those Iman New York Shumpert, teams? Yeah. Oh, blank. Tyson Chandler. Right, yeah, Fat Boy Raymond Felton. Raymond Felton, man. Uh, <laughs> I think he in Denver too. Man. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Andre Miller. Andre Miller. Was he maybe around in Den- uh, in Denver? Not you throwing out names too. Hold on. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. I'm going. We're going down memory lane right now. I am. Now. I am. Just popping in my mind. Maybe they're on my screen. See, like, maybe they're not. I don't talk about me steering you in the wrong direction. Now you're just. <laughs> hey, don't don't listen to me. All right. You know listen what? What's going on here? I right? think this is another one where I don't want to overthink it because he literally played with them in both locations. I have to say, J.R. Smith. I have to. Well, I have to tell you that you're correct. <laughs> J.R. Smith, 535 games. Number two, you ready for this one? At 409 games, 
Nene. Oh my gosh, how could I forget him? Nene. Yo, man, that dude was a beast, man. I used to look. He was. <laughs> he was. Yeah, yeah, number two. Number two. I mean, all in Denver, obviously. I don't think he made his way to New York with them. So. Dang, how could I forget about yeah. him? Yeah. Nene Hilario, man. My bad. Hilario. Yeah, shout out. First time, maybe the last time he gets mentioned on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and the last player I have for you is your boy, future MVP, Anthony Davis. I didn't there's even know that sound could come out of me, but that was a good one. That's, <laughs> that's good. There's a, lot, there's a lot to factor into this one because Anthony Davis, as we all know, hasn't had the cleanest bill of health throughout his career. So, Oh, man. A lot of guys have come and gone on both teams he's been on. Uh, obviously, he's been in New Orleans longer than L.A., but he's been in L.A. for a handful of years now. That's a... This is a tough one. This is a tough one. Uh, the, I'm not obviously going to say, but like the number two guy on this list, like I was like, holy shit, I can't believe that this... I haven't heard of this name in a long time, and I can't believe he'd even be at, near the top of something like this. As this a, is this is a weird one. Like my mind, I, I don't know like what's a rattle in it right now. Like I, I have Pelicans players in my head, but I'm trying mm-hmm. to think even like that first year when they were still the Hornets. Right. Who else right. was mm-hmm. on that roster in particular? Well, he was drafted in um 2012. 2012? Yeah. 2012, yeah. So I just because 2013 was Anthony Bennett, I believe. Yep. Or no, yeah, tw- yeah, Anthony You're Bennett. Right. I just can't. I can't even. I can't piece anything together from them. This is tough. No, this is a tough one. Yeah, I can give you. Uh, if you want to take a few swings at it, you can. I can also give you a hint or two, if you need be. I because I'm trying to think who was on the team for certain periods of time. I wouldn't think. Don't think of the Hornets. I, 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 I kind of tossed that. I kind of trashed it. Yeah, don't think of don't think of the Hornets. I don't think this player was on the Hornets when they were called the Hornets. I'm thinking think... right now of a of a major trade that made the Pelicans somewhat relevant when he got there, mm-hmm. and he's also now a member of your Boston Celtics. I just don't know how long he was there before ending up in right. Milwaukee. And then I also want to say somebody who I believe is banned from the league in Tyreek Evans. <laughs> yeah. But I don't yeah. know, again, yeah. how many games he was there until getting banned. Oh, man. This this is like, it's a weird one. This is a tough one. That is. Just because I can't think, like, I we can go back in time and look at LeBron's old teams, and I can name scrubs off of his old teams. I can't think of who played on the Pelicans for some reason. My mind is blank, but uh, you know what? Said I could take a couple stabs at it. I am going to throw knife number one at Drew Holiday. You went four for four. Drew Holiday is the correct answer. (laughs) Yes. Drew Holiday, 322 games. You ready for number two? You ready for number two? Dante Cunningham. Dante Cunningham. 221 games. Yeah, the first and last time this name will be mentioned. Yeah, yeah. podcast. Yeah, honestly, I was like, I forgot that that was even a person. Wow. Yeah, yep. But you're right, Drew Holiday. I mean, he was there for. Let's see. Um, he was there for two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven seasons. Eight, eight seasons actually. One, two, three, wow. four, five, six. No, seven. I'm. Seven yeah, seasons. That's so long. Time. That long. I didn't either. <laughs> I didn't wow. either until I, I I 
did my extra research to make sure, like, double check that everything was was right. But how long was he in Philadelphia? Let me uh, let me go back and check. Yeah, I only need like a handful of years. Uh, four years. His rookie contract, basically. Wow. Okay. And then he got traded. Then he got moved to New Orleans, and then he was. He's only been. I feel like he's. It feels like he's been in Milwaukee more than three years, to be honest with you. But he was only there for three years. Damn. You would have thought him in that New Orleans time would have split up a little bit, like maybe like an extra year or two in Milwaukee. That's that's what it feels like. Yeah. No, that's. Hey, uh, shit. Shout out to me, man. Hey, <laughs> dude, you pulled, you you killed it four for four. You, your thinking was was on point there. So there you go. I surprised myself. All right. Yeah, I know you did. You seemed very surprised with all the answers you were given. And I tell you, it was right. Yeah, it was great, great, great stuff. It's because how you layer it up. It's like, well, I have to tell you, you're correct. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Shit. Okay. Uh, I hype you up. I hype you up. All right. Last one I have for you. Super simple, cut and dry, a star bench cut. Okay. We got. I don't think I've ever gotten one of these before. I think I'm. I'm usually one to give them to you. You are. You know, I'm taking a page out of the Turo book, man. <laughs> so, so it's a good book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I recommend everyone should to check it out. New York Times bestseller. What? Wow! <laughs> Nobel Peace Prize, man. <laughs> no give it to the Pulitzer. Give him a purple That's... heart. Give him, yeah, the Pulitzer. Me and Kendrick. <laughs> but the three guys that I have for you, all point guards, all young on the younger side, but they're kind of coming into their own. I got Lamella Ball, big topic of the show for me today. Yeah, I was gonna say it's been brought up a few times. Yep. I'm excited. <laughs> okay. You are, as you should be. As <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> but we got Lamello Ball, Tyrese Halliburton, and De'Aaron Fox. Start bench cut. Okay, I'm just gonna write them down ball um see this is interesting because they they all bring something to the table like Halliburton is a I mean double double machine I feel like he's a guy that could average double digit assists for you know the next stretch of years um good shooter is why his jump shot's atrocious but it works he can still hit threes I don't know how he gets it to work but he does Darren Fox, I mean, he just led, you know, was one of the leaders of the Kings, and they made it to the postseason. They did lose in the first round, but, I mean. Clutch player of the year, man. Clutch player of the year as well. I mean, he's got, I don't have him pulled in front of me, but I'm pretty sure he averaged like 24, 25 a game last year. Arguably the fastest player in the NBA, you know, speed kills. And LaMelo, you know, uh, he's a guy that can do virtually everything for you at least on the offensive end um it just health hasn't been there because of longevity i don't even i don't even know if that's where just because he's been in the league longer and i think he's more proven i think i gotta start deer and fox I, I i think that's just a fair a fair you know place to to have him i, I don't think it's kind of i don't think i'd be able to put either halliburton or ball ahead of him right now and then starting starting Fox, who am I going to bench? I mean, I mentioned health a lot. I mean, I, I think Halliburton is a guy that you can count on to be, you know, a cornerstone point guard on someone's team. I mean, when he got traded from Sacramento, I mean, Sacramento fans and people were in shambles. That's like, how the hell are you going to trade someone with that much potential? It did work out. It worked out for both sides, obviously. 
Um, but you know, the Pacers found their, their cornerstone guard. Now you just got to figure out the rest to put around him. I, I really want to like, if health, if he was healthy year round, you know, like he didn't miss, you know, the chunk of games that he did, I think I would bench Lamelo. but in this case, I'm going to bench Halliburton and I'm going to cut Lamelo. Nothing like against Lamelo. I do think he's a special player. He's an attraction. He is a guy that, you know, the Hornets are going to build around and, you know, build their franchise around for the next X amount of years. But I need to see him stay healthy and see if what he can do. Like I said earlier, like you'd see what he can do, but in a smaller sample size, I want to see him do that in a bigger sample size. And if he can do that, fuck, he might be starting here. Um, yeah. But I'm going to give it to Halliburton. He's a guy that can give you double digit assists, shoot 40% from three, still give you like 20 a game. And he's a big guard. He's a big boy too for a point guard. So I'm hey. going to go Fox, start Fox, bench Halliburton, unfortunately cut Lamelo. I'm, I'm not mad at that. I think, I think health definitely rode you to, to your job. It did. It did. It did. You know, I, did. I can't say that. Oh, wow. No, that's, that's blasphemy. I, I get it. Just know. Lamella Ball is definitely the most talented person on this damn thing. I I, I hear you. I, I do. Triple I, I do. You talk about Halliburton being a big guard. He's taller than Tyrese. True. Like, That's hey, true. Not, they I, both have some. They both have similar um, uh, similar builds and stuff like that. But I just need to see it. I just I, need to see it more. That's all. I'd probably order it the same if if we're basing it off of this past season. So, yeah, and also De'Aaron Fox too. Like I'm, I put him at number one because he's been in the league longer and he's proven yeah. more. So I think that's, I, I, I'd have a hard time putting either of them ahead of Fox right now. After this season, again, things can change. But after last season, I got, I got to give love to De'Aaron Fox for sure. Okay, I got one last game for you. Now this one's gonna be fun. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for this. I like giving you top ten lists, like rank, like. The last ten or like top ten of like certain categories. These videos actually do very well, so I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna have to start giving you a few more of these. Let's do it, Jerry. I want you to give me, or I want you to name the last ten second overall picks in the NBA draft. So from 2023 to 2014, the sec, not the first overall pick, not the third overall pick, the second overall pick in these drafts. I'm not too confident here. <laughs> I, listen, it's going to take a, you have to think a little bit. You definitely have to shake off some cobwebs going back some of these years. But I do think you you can do it. I, I think I'm very confident in you. Man, I think you might be a little more confident in me than I am myself. But hey, let's take a step by step, whatever thought process, however you have to do it, go about it. So 2023 to 2014, you can do it. Whichever order, you can do whatever the hell you want. All right, man. I, I, I'm going to bust out the walker on this one and really pace myself. Uh, okay, yeah, take your time. I think on 2023, obviously, you landed in Charlotte, so it's Brandon Miller there. Yep. Uh, 2022 is where I'm like, I don't know why I'm ready drawing blanks. It's like, thank <laughs> Oh, that was, that was Pablo's, Pablo, Pablo's first year. Pablo's, yep. That was, so Chet Holmgren for number two there. Correct. All right, you're starting off hot, baby. Uh, the ocean is starting to show now. Uh, yep. 2021, we're talking Jalen Green. There you go. Okay, yeah. all right. 2020, that was the Anthony Edwards draft. So we are talking James Wiseman. Yes, he was traded for five second round picks. What <laughs> a friend of the day. <laughs> yeah, what a what a selection there, huh? Oh man, should have been ball, man. Imagine ball and oh, disgusting. 
2019 now? Mm-hmm. Man. See, that this is why I knew, like, my mind would get hazy. It's like... Even sometimes... It's hard to think of a first overall pick. Like, going back a few years, it is. You lose track. But for, once you get the first pick, once you get the first pick, then that's when the second pick says, comes back to you. We're talking about before Paolo. I don't even remember what I just gave you for 20. Oh, I gave you Wiseman for 2020. Yes, you did. Yeah. 2019. Who are we talking about for 2019? Who was the first round pick, the first overall pick in 2019? That's where, like, my mind, I can't seem to remember that. Right. For mm-hmm. some reason. No, that wasn't. That wasn't. I thought that was. T- wait, 2018 is Marvin Bagley. Yes, that is Marvin. 2018 Bagley. is Marvin Bagley. Who's 2019? Because yes. Aiton was the first pick in that draft. Yes, he was. 2019. Who the hell am I missing here? At 2019. You're missing. You're, you're missing a. You're missing a big player. First overall. Take that. Take that wording for however you want it. First overall for the 2019 NBA draft. I cannot think of who went number one in that draft. You know what? Maybe you can't think of him because, you know, it's – I don't know if – I don't know if he's always around. That means he's not durable. If he's not always around – Oh, my God, Jerry. You are fucking right there. Who's not durable? The names that he, I have. He was a big pick. Big pick. In 2019? So I'm guessing he's a, he's a big man. In 2019? I mean, take the word big for however you want to take it. It could be a big man. He could be a big man. Oh. You know what I mean? I don't. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe he had to lose a few pounds because he got too big. Oh, wow. Oh, is that? Okay, all right. See, I don't know why I forgot it. But see, that whole thing just like. It's a race out of my mind because yeah. him being overweight and John Morant's the guy, by the way, and John yeah. Morant with this, these gun issues and all this other stuff. It's like this draft. Yeah, this draft has turned into something. Yeah, wow, and R.J. Barrett's like, oh, wow, I'm right here. I'm still waiting on a big jump. Like, damn, <laughs> wow. See, yeah. that's like a forgettable class in my. I erased that that fast. Yeah, the top picks, kind of. Uh, R.J. Barrett's the only one that's been able to stay out of trouble i guess wow and he's not he hasn't really panned out that great okay yeah so you gave me 2018 marvin bagley so now you have 2017 to 2014 i'm still not in good shape here <laughs> it's all right. uh, you're, you're good damn 2017 maybe i need a bit let, let me backtrack so 2012 ad's draft 2013 anthony bennett that draft was terrible 20 20- that was terrible Giannis was the only bright spot and people didn't even know who he was yeah. And Kelly Olenek, of course. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Right. Let's give some love to the clinic. Game seven. <laughs> Kelly the clinic Olenek, bro. 20, 26 points in game seven against Washington. Come on. Wow. Get, hey, Gonzaga's finest, man. Shout out to Kelly. He is. Yeah, there he is. There he is. Oh, man. Okay, so 2014. The 2014 draft. I don't know why. When was Ben Simmons? Ben Simmons is drafted in 2016. That was 2016. 2016. Yeah. So who was picked after Ben Simmons in 16? I'm going to tell you this. From 2017 to 2015, and I just kind of like, I mean, I knew this, but like looking back on it, it's kind of crazy. The Lakers had three straight second round, uh, second overall picks from 2017 to 2015. 
Yeah, that definitely helps because Jalen Brown went number three to Boston that year, but Brandon Ingram is our guy there for 16. Yes, 16. I can't think so you have... of 17 right now. I really can't. Uh, okay. All right, well, we can get back to that. So you have 2014, 2015, and 2017 still. Who was – oh, Lonzo Ball in 17. Yep. Yes. In 17. Yeah. Lonzo Ball in 17. All right. See, okay, boomerang. It's all coming back to me. There it is. Here we go. All right. Uh, 15, though. So I still got 14 and 15, right? Yes, the last two. Oh, yeah, man. You... <laughs> it's a good thing I'm cultured, damn it. Uh... <laughs> what year was that, though? Was that 14 or 15? Yeah, that was 14. So that means Jabari Parker was our guy for yes, 2014. Yes, Celtics legend. Celtics legend, right. Barcelona legend. <laughs> All um, right, 2015. Last one. 15. 2015. Who was the guy for 2015? Uh, damn. Who was picked after Wiggins? After Wiggins at the number one. Number one pick was Wiggins that year. Sandwiched in between Ben Simmons. I kind of forget that he was the number one. This guy was the number one overall pick, too. He definitely was, but I, I, I forgot about it. A forgotten number one pick then. No, not forgotten. No, no, no. He's he's very much still active and great, but I just kind of like he did get sandwiched, like you said. It's kind of I forget that he was the number one overall pick. Definitely deserved it. I'm trying to think of like bad teams, right? Like around that mm. time that could have landed landed that pick. Right. Yeah. The blinks are back, baby. <laughs> It's sometimes, you know, like, so like earlier, like your, your dog was barking. Don't you ever sometimes wish you had a cat? <laughs> they don't make as much noise. You know what I mean? The play on words here is immaculate today from Dante, man. He's, he's on one. I don't know. I'm just asking you a question. Yeah, man. Uh, shit. I, even with, even with that, uh, very well disclosed token, I still can't think of who was picked behind Carl Anthony Towns. Picked behind Cat. That was a, that draft was like pretty decent, if I remember well, because I believe Devin right. Booker was also in that draft. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think he was twenty fifteen. Yeah, I think he was. Oh man, who was picked second? You know, sometimes when like, like you're just feeling like the veins in your arm, and like they're not warm. Kind of feels like there. It's been like in the freezer. Kind of like you have like ice in your veins or something like that. Sometimes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. I'm kind of disappointed in myself. You know, that's shame on me, man. He was also a Laker. One of those picks that you mentioned. Damn, D'Angelo Russell, man. Fuck. Yeah. Damn, D'Angelo just... Russell. I, I need a lot hey. of help here. I need a lot of help. When you get towards the later years, it's forgettable. You know what I mean? You have to also, like, it's hard. Like, even, like, you have to, like, start by thinking who was the first pick, and then you can follow it up. It's hard to be like, oh, yeah, who was that? That guy was the second overall pick. Like, more recent years, it's easier to remember, of course. But yeah. then you got to dig deep. Like, I forget the drafts when Cat was the number one pick. Ben Simmons was the number one pick. Markel Fultz was the number one pick in 2017. Like, I remember. It, like, it's crazy. I just remember the notable players that came. Like, Donovan Mitchell was in Ben Simmons' draft. No, he wasn't. Ben, Donovan Mitchell was in 17, technically. Because Ben yeah. Simmons won Rookie of the Year that year. 
But there's somebody right. else that I'm thinking of in Ben Simmons' draft that was like a damn good player. What Jalen, Buddy Heal, Darren Fox was number five that year. That's who I'm thinking of then. Yeah. Like, yeah, I just number five. And number four was um no, he was twenty. I was thinking Josh Jackson. That was Tatum's draft. Who was number four in the twenty sixteen draft? It was Simmons, Ingram, Jalen. Can't remember who's number four in that draft. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm just curious. I, I want to say Thomas curious. Robinson. Thomas Robinson was four or five oh. when he's drafted. Oh, who is it? Hold on. You want to know who it was? Oh, actually. Oh, wait. I'm, I think I got the De'Aaron Fox one wrong, too. Him and Lonzo were in the same draft. This is 17. Okay, so De'Aaron Fox was 17 because you have Dragon Bender at number four. Wow. In the 16 draft. And then Chris Dunn was number five, another point guard. Chris Dunn. I remember the hype around Chris Dunn. People yeah. wanted him in Boston so bad because of his, like, he went to Providence, so he had, you know, New England ties. Oh, my, the hype around him was crazy that year. He finally um, just got back into the league. I know. I know. Yeah, he, he, there's a lot of hype around him, but sometimes it doesn't always work out. But hey, you did you all all in all, you did well. You did get most of them. That's a tough game. And so second, the second pick in each draft. That was yeah, that was torture. But top one. We got. Hey, I'll be back with third picks next next week. All right. God, please no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's it for me. That that's all the games I have. I think is that all you got too. Yeah, we are we are booked up here in episode 11. Yes, sir. And the NBA season tips off in one week. So next time you hear from us, we'll be going over some, you know, just maybe give us some more season previews, our final thoughts. Maybe next week we'll do like our uh, award show. That'll be like our predictions for the season, like who we think yeah. is going to finish where, who's going to win what awards and stuff. We'll, we'll have some fun there. But for now, I think, uh, I think that's an episode. Jared, do you have any... Uh, last words you want to say to these beautiful people watching and listening at home nah you know i mean pretty much the usual man make sure you follow us on socials man it's attached at the bottom it's going to be in the bio and everything like that jerry here dante here man it's just another another great show man again shout out to you for hitting that 100k man that's that's my party shot man that's huge pretty i appreciate that thank you so much everyone that uh supports us on you know obviously stash club thank you for that support also, thank you for supporting us here at Sitting Courtside. Like Jerry said, in the bio, we have the accounts for Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all that stuff. So give us a follow on all those platforms. If you're on YouTube, like this video, subscribe, comment. You know, if you have something you want to say, whether it's a disagreement with what we said, you want to agree, whatever, maybe your comments will make it. Actually, if people are watching this, put in the comments who you think are going to win awards for next season because we can go over those comments when we give our picks as well. So make sure to put in the comments who you think are going to win the NBA championship, winning certain awards like MVP, defensive player, sixth man, all that stuff. Give us your thoughts in the comments. If you listen to this on podcast, please make sure to follow. Give us a five-star rating. That helps us out a ton. And like I said, follow us everywhere else. So that's all I really have to say. Jerry is doing a little dance, and I think that's the that's the cue to uh, end this thing. So until next time, guys, peace out.